The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by Eight Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. My name is Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mike Fiella. A couple days before the big day, Mike, that you and I love, but we are so thankful for the listeners today, even though the food's right around the corner. Good morning or good afternoon on the East Coast. Well, I like the word thankful. To me, one of the special, most special holidays in our family is Thanksgiving. We always go around and say what we're thankful for, and we prepare months in advance. Come on, even if you're the youngest grandchild. Well, because you know the little grandkids, you just want to come in. But they're they're great kids. But no, it's it's a season to be thankful. We got so many many things to be thankful for, and uh, you know you can you know I encourage listeners just make your own list. Sit quiet and sit before the Lord and. God, I thank you for this. God, I thank you. Sometimes I sit in my chair, and I when I was drinking coffee, now it's hot chocolate. Got rid of the coffee. Anyway. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, okay. But I just say, Lord, I, I thank you for that. And I point to something in the mm. house, and we get and just thankfulness will take your heart and let it lift your spirits. Well, we're thankful that you're joining us this morning. We're going to be sharing some God-sized stories from the mission field. We have one of our leaders with Eight Days of Hope. Actually, this lady has been on every single trip with Eight Days of Hope since day one for 15 years. Really? Yes. Margaret Van Landingham, uh, her husband serves as vice president and treasurer of the ministry. Um, but let's not kid ourselves. Margaret <laughs> is the mover and shaker behind the scenes. She might, not have, she might not have a big title, but she, uh, she does a lot. We're going to be talking to Margaret excuse me, in just a little bit. Uh, so much going on, Mike. We just left Bay St. Louis. Okay. Hurricane Zeta, mm. the third hurricane, it felt like in five or six <laughs> weeks, and sure. maybe it was six weeks, yeah. hit Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. And that's where we started, Mike, 15, 15 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Bay St. Louis, Waveland, Mississippi, after Hurricane Katrina. So the volunteers just pulled out the other day. We were down there for about 10, 12 days, and we got to see so many friends Sure. From years ago, because our first four rebuilding trips, four of our first five, was the Bay St. Louis, where we take hundreds, thousands of volunteers, and we we rebuild homes for free in eight days. It's like extreme makeover, so, but it's hundreds of homes in sure. eight days, and uh, it was great to be back. So 2005 was the first time. Do, do you have some memory of just some maybe an overwhelming moment absolutely or something that was just so special go ahead absolutely miss anna may on east east brook drive in bay st louis she was in her early 80s she was a widow her house had flooded and some college kids came from michigan they were going to go out west go skiing but they took their winter break to help out after hurricane katrina they weren't builders right they weren't remodelers okay but they felt like god wanted to use them and God used them in an amazing way. They they loved on Miss Anna May. We rebuilt her home for free. We okay. painted it, put a brand new roof, uh, you know, fixed all of her kitchen cabinets. And these young ladies led Miss Anna May to the Lord. Oh, really? She dropped on her knees on her gravel really? driveway. And the home, and I visited this past week when I went down there. Oh, now, Miss Anime has, has gone on to be with the Lord, but but I knew right where her house was. Okay. I, I took our videographer there, and I said, this is where Miss Anime gave her heart to the Lord, because these college kids wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So 15 years later, you're standing in front of her house. Oh, What's my, going through your mind Mike, and your heart? I'm telling you, I had tears in my eyes. 
Mm. Because sometimes when you do ministry, it's tough. It sure. wears you down. You're going 100 miles an hour. You're not sleeping in your own bed. But we do what we do because God's called us to love and serve the brokenhearted. Miss Anna's May's heart was broken. Sure. Her sister passed away in the house mm. during the storm. Okay. She made it through. And now strangers show up three months later, and they rebuild her house for free. And these college students answered the question that Miss Anna May asked, that all the families okay. we serve asked, why did you come down and serve me? Don't even know me. And they shared their testimony. And Miss Anna May say yes to the Lord. And to this day, I'll never, I, I won't forget Miss Anna May to the day I die. And we can honestly say... She is home with the Lord. Amen. And as a result of that trip, praise Amen. the Lord. That's great. Almost 7,000 families now have had their homes rebuilt because of Eight Days of Hope, because of listeners like you who have prayed mm. for the ministry, who volunteered the ministry, and have donated to the ministry. Uh, right off the bat, let me just tell you, 8daysofhope.com is the website. If you go there today, you'll watch a video uh, about our latest arm where we've recently renovated a 17,000 square foot building that will be used to provide hope to children who've been rescued from sex trafficking. Yes, yes. And so we do natural disasters and human disasters, and we need you. It's that simple. So, mm. Mike, let's start here. You have a lot to be thankful for. Give me a couple things that you're thankful for. You've served with 80s Hope, I think, now for about 11, 12 years. Sure. Um, share a couple mo memories, maybe, where you were thankful serving with the Ministry of 80s of Hope. Well, every time I get on the grounds and just look into the people's eyes and— it's just like there's a connection there, mm. and it's there's a God connection. Um, you know, I even remember in Cedar Rapids, that first trip that we went uh, years ago, walking down the street, and we were not even scheduled to, to, to work on this one person's house. And they came up, they saw what we were doing in the neighborhood, and they didn't even ask, can you help me do my yard or fix my uh, fence or whatever. Was, Would you guys... Take the time to pray for us. Mm. My family, we, we, we need prayer. Now, we did get some servants over there sure. to work, but don't, don't, it's just the connection. You never know. You go down there with an anticipation that you just want to serve. You never know what one-on-one -on -one experience you're going to have, conversation, prayer time, that you just walk away from. You can almost say, what just happened? I mean, yeah, <laughs> and, and, I, then, and I don't want to cut you off because I'm not trying to lead you down this path, but I remember you and Doris being in Panama City sure. after Hurricane Michael. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that mass devastation and your wife really right. seeing for the first time right. a natural disaster, not on the TV, because it becomes really real. Can sure. you say that really real? It becomes yeah. real yeah. when when you can do a 360 and all you see is like a bomb blew off. But even there, you had a chance to meet with some families. Well, my, and let me stay on the theme of my wife. She's, she's a real godly woman, mm. but quiet. And she won't, you know, um, even in worship, you don't see a real flamboyant. But, sure. but so she started, we're, we're starting to visit these homeowners. And I watch her go, I, I, I could use an example of a flower. There was, there was like a little, a bud. Then it was opening up and opening up. Yeah. By the by the end of the trip, she's saying, can I pray with you? <laughs> and oh. just, there was just such a, a growth in her, um, even though she she always has a heart for the Lord and sure. praying for people. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go back to, um, um, we were in Cedar Rapids at one time. I always tell you about the lady the man in the boat. Yeah. I've said this so many times, but this is the, probably one of the biggest things. 80-year-old lady, she was telling a story how she was sitting there, her cell phone wasn't uh, 
charged and the water's coming up to her first her feet then her ankles her knees and she didn't know what to do and all of a sudden she looks out and there is a man in a boat she said it was in a canoe do you need any help in there and he comes in gets her out and to this day she says i don't know who the guy is i don't know where he came from and i'm thinking about an angel that came in a boat but a servant so just you'll i mean that's a dramatic story but Folks, just get to the website, get your name in the system, get, get the information, and go on at least one trip. There'll be so many experience. You'll have an experience of a lifetime that'll change you. People ask me a lot, probably more than I talk about, is why the name Eight Days of Hope. The number mm-hmm. eight in the Bible means new beginnings, and our rebuilding trips for the first 12 years were eight days long. Right. I mean, they still are eight days long. The rebuilding trips. Our rapid response arm goes within a day or two, and they can be there for three, four, you know, five weeks or eight out of nine weeks, like we just spent right. in Louisiana with mm. Hurricane Laura, <laughs> Delta. I mean, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so that's our name, Eight Days of Hope. We travel the country. We're based in Tupelo, Mississippi. We have a Northeast satellite in Buffalo, New York, and we have a Midwest satellite just open up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And so the thought, Mike, is that if there's disasters in Rhode Island, in Kentucky, and in uh, Wyoming, we can be in three different places. It's free. We provide food and lodging. It'll be the cheapest mission trip you ever go on. Well, and we have the volunteers, almost 40,000 to this day. Oh, my gosh. That uh, step up each and every time. It is. And when I think about these uh, three hurricanes almost in a row, you just about get home, they turn around and go back. These are the kind of servant leaders that we have and servants. And you don't have to be a skilled professional carpenter. I mean, if you can make sandwiches, if you can drive a truck, if you could uh, clean, if you know how to do laundry. You know, we have a laundry trailer, Mike. We take in to flood areas, and we give people the opportunity, the dignity of doing their laundry. We've had people come to meet Jesus in our laundry trailer. I was just going to say, what, didn't something special just happen? Just recently, yeah. in Iowa. Yeah. A gentleman comes in with his son, <laughs> and, and they're, and they're, you know, they had flooding, and his washer and dryer were totally ruined. Okay. Insurance hasn't made him whole yet, and he had no way to clean his laundry. And so a volunteer who traveled from around the country to Cedar Rapids during a pandemic says, you know what, I can do your laundry for you. <laughs> I mean, think about that. And while he's there for that hour and a half to two hours of getting mm-hmm. those three laundry loads done, the, the, the volunteer shared his testimony. The gentleman realized he didn't know who Jesus was. He wanted the Jesus that you and wow. I know. Wow. He fell on his knees, and his son gave to the, his heart to the Lord, too. In a laundry trailer. Right. <laughs> That's exciting. Pray, oh, volunteer, and donate. Go to the website, 8daysofhope.com. One more thing, Mike, before we go to our break and bring in our guest. We're having our first ever town hall meeting. We are. December 8th. Okay. Get your calendars out. December 8th at 8 o'clock at night, Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Central Time. We're going to have a 30-minute town hall meeting where you are going to hear some exciting things about Eight Days of Hope, uh, about our arm that helps those rescued from sex trafficking, to our rapid response arm, to the growth of the ministry. It's a 30-minute call. It's free. You call in, and you'll be able to text us questions, and it's going to be live. Sometimes things happen funny when it's live, Mike. Do you need a moderator? <laughs> Actually, we have a moderator. Okay. Miss Chandler Gurley. Perfect. Yes. Perfect selection. I'm going to give you a phone number. So get out a piece of paper and put it on your calendar. We'd love for you to join. It's our first one ever. Um, you're going to call 888-231-5462, 888-231-5462. We'll give you this number again at the end of the segment, 888-231-5462, December 8th, 8 o'clock at night. And that week also, Mike, we're going to ship out our first ever 
annual report. We are. 12 pages of pretty pictures. <laughs> and great God-sized stories. stories oh, oh yeah. my gosh. I don't think you're... I don't, I don't remember seeing a picture of you in it. I don't know how we missed that. I'm thinking about it. Maybe we got you. I there. think they were waiting for me to finish his beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, if you've ever volunteered or donated eight days of hope, uh, you'll be getting one in the mail. So just know that in a couple of weeks, when you see a nine by twelve document coming in, it's it's. I tell you, it came out great. I love. Excited for it. It, it really shares God's stories yeah. from the from the mission field. It just brings to light everything that's that we hear on the show here, or if you've been on one of the trips. It just highlights it. It does. It does. So be be on the lookout for that. Hey, when we come back, one of our leaders, Margaret Van Lanningham, a lady who works at a hospital. She does accounting. How does God use an accountant at a hospital on the front lines for Jesus after disasters? You can hear when we come back. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is thankful for ministry partners like Provia, a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia's mission is to serve by caring for details, and each employee strives to do that every day. Provia combines automation and human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More about Provia's mission and products at Provia.com, P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of 8 Days of Hope. 2020 is going to be a busy year and you'll have plenty of opportunities to come love and serve those in need with 8 Days of Hope. One of the new arms of the ministry is our safe house construction ministry. We travel the country and we partner with an existing ministry and help them renovate, build, or remodel facility to provide a safe place for those who've been rescued from sex trafficking. For more information, as always, please go to our website. Eight Days of Hope started as a disaster relief ministry, and it has continued to grow since then. We've partnered with an organization called Bigger Than Ball. Bigger Than Ball partnered with us when we went to Houston, Texas after Hurricane Harvey. We partnered with the Houston Astros, we rebuilt eight baseball diamonds in Bigger Than Ball, then put on a free sports camp. Eight Days of Hope is much more than disaster relief. For more information about this ministry or any arms of the ministry of Eight Days of Hope, please go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. Come be the hands and feet of Jesus. to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiver hanging out with the bearded one, Mike Fiello. Mike, I've known you for 30 years, man. You are rocking this beard, brother. Hey, is this the first one? That's all right. It's the first ones you've seen. Yeah. It looks good on you. Well, I'm enjoying it this time. I, are you? I usually 
about halfway through decide not to do it, but I'm keeping this one. It's, it's it feels good and. I, I, I thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. It makes you look young. Not, you don't look old normally, but it makes you look younger. I, I think the younger. way you've trimmed it, you, yeah. you, you got it GQ in it. It well. looks good, brother. It looks good. <laughs> My daughter's a hairdresser. She's teaching me how to do this. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> oh, I bet that's right. That's it's right. working. Welcome to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Um, we are so glad that you're thank. Uh, we are so thankful that you're here. You know, Thanksgiving is just a couple days away, and Mike, this guest that we have mm. on today. You know, there are some special families yes. in the Ministry of Eight Days of Hope. Um, but if you had a look at the handful of pillar families okay. who've been the foundation of the ministry, you don't have to look any further than mm. the Van Lanihams. Wayne Van Lanham serves as our, as our vice president. He's our treasurer. He uh, He's the only other original leader since day one. Okay. He's a very, very dear friend of, of mine, my whole family's. Uh, we love him. We love his wife, Margaret, mm, yes. and she's our guest today. Mm-hmm. Now, you know behind every good man is a great, great woman. woman. Capital G, capital R, capital E, capital A, capital T. There you go. She is amazing. The backbone. She's so much fun. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about how she cheats at cards during this session as well. <laughs> we'll get it down the road. But hey, Margaret, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Steve. I knew I get you and laughing. <laughs> I knew I get you laughing right off the bat because in the second <laughs> segment, we are going to talk about because your name came up last night. I was talking to one of my daughters. We were talking about cards, and she said, "Do you know that Miss Margaret taught Hannah how to cheat at cards?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> she didn't." Anyways, Margaret, uh, where are you calling in from today? And um, tell us a little bit about. Uh, we know a little bit about Wayne, about your your kids and your grandkids, and maybe a little bit about what you've done in the world. Uh, in, the, in the corporate world as well. Well, today I'm calling in from Mississippi, uh, but um, I spent 30 years in the corporate world working uh, at North Mississippi Medical Clinics and um, as a corporate accountant, and I worked for some really great people because I say that uh, because they let me take off work all the time just to go and serve with Eight Days of Hope. They were very vest- invested in that, as as my family was. Um, I, as you said, I have a, a son, David. He um, he and Morgan have a son, Owen, who is about almost 20 months now, moving on along. And then we have a daughter, Elizabeth, and her husband, Chris, Christopher. And they have a son, Daniel, who's three. And... Um, that's who we're going to be keeping over the next week because he's going to have uh, dental surgery today. Oh, okay. So we get to enjoy that. So, Margaret, um, tell all listeners, I mean, Steve and I know um, how, how you got involved, but your first experience when you first heard about Eight Days of Hope, and then also what is your, all these years, what has your main function been, or probably multitask, but tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm going to go a little bit further before Eight Days of Hope. We had uh, Marla Nunley, who is with Global Outreach. She was the missions uh, person in our church, and she brought in some missionaries, and I was really moved. Of course, they were international missionaries, not locals, but uh, they ended the, um, their service that day with, um, Here I am, Lord, send me. Mm. And I mm. felt that calling at that point about okay. doing mission work. Didn't have any idea what it would be, and you never know what it's going to be. You just 
you make that commitment, mm-hmm. and then you wait for the Lord to open the doors. And boy, when he opened the doors with eight days of hope, <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was going to be uh, 15 years later, but here we are. So uh, um, it started all with the uh, water truck at um, TCPS with our sons. And, you know, I've thought about this over the last couple of days. It was, that was the beginning. And, uh, you know, being involved with the Tiber family, you never know where it's going to take you. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. You know that too, huh? Oh, so, so the water truck, I, I didn't forget about it, but you're right. Uh, so, Mike, you might not know this, but, you know, my sister at the time worked for a radio station in Buffalo, New York, and they okay. saw what had happened with Katrina, and they were able to pull some strings and ship some water, and they wanted to get it to those who've been affected by Katrina. Well, you couldn't get to the front lines after Katrina. I mean, it was very tightly controlled because the gas lines were broken. They were still searching for for people who were missing and, and, and sure. not sure, you know, so it was a very tender situation. Mm-hmm. So Tupelo is about four and a half hours from Bay St. Louis Waveland. And so we decided to ship these water trucks to a Christian school in Tupelo. Oh and Margaret, explain to the listeners, how did a Christian school get involved in Katrina right off the bat? And maybe explain a little bit about that, what, what went down there. Um. I'm not sure if you're talking about the toys that we, uh, the toy drive that we did at this school. You can do the toys. Um, you can do the, why don't you start with the water? Um, well, yeah. The, the, the water was the uh, ninth grade boys. They had just come back from a leadership conference. And I believe that they were the ones that were working on the, you know, unloading the water onto, I'm not sure how that worked. That's been so many years ago. <laughs> Uh, but I just remember being there and working side by side with uh, everybody with the water, thinking, wow, this is a lot of water. But my biggest thing was the toys. We did the toy drive. We got lots of toys coming in. And I was thinking these toys are taking on a whole program of themselves. When we got to Bay St. Louis or Waveland, and we went to the schools. Uh, someone had lined up us going to the schools, taking these toys. Since we were not able to go on the front lines, we, this is what our ministry was going to be. And, you know, I just really did not like those toys after, you know, having to sort them and all that, <laughs> putting them in the eighth groups, and, you know, dolls here, stuffed animals here. But when we went to those classrooms and that little girl, she took that toy, the bear, I think it was, and she just hugged it up, and she said, this is the only animal I've got, only stuffed animal I have. Mm. I lost it. I mean, I cried. Oh, and it it was so touching, these kids. They were so appreciative of these animals that people had sent from all over the country to them. And uh, hmm. it was a great ministry. And from that point on, I said, it's the small thing. So a little background, Mike. So uh, Katrina hit Bay St. Louis Waveland the last couple of days of August of 2005. We went on a rebuilding trip. The thought was my dad and I, Wayne mm-hmm. and maybe a couple other buddies, would go down and help out a family rebuild their home. Well, you know, as always, God 
always shows us who's really in control. 684 people came. So, wait a minute, you, you only thought it was going to be the four of you? Yeah, we thought maybe four or six, maybe 12 people wow. tops. how did that happen? And, and yeah, that's that's a whole other God story, too. 684 people went down there. We rebuilt 84 homes, mm-hmm. helped 84 families take another step forward right before Christmas. And Margaret and some others had the idea of, you know, you guys are going to go down there and help rebuild homes. I get it. But we'd love to find a way to bring toys to these kids who, because of the water surge, lost sure. everything. Yeah. There wasn't a store open, Mike, within mm. 45 miles of Bay St. Louis and Waveland. Oh my. So it wasn't like you lost your stuffed animal, you, you lost your Monopoly set, you lost your bike, your fishing pole, because it got taken out with the water surge. There was no way to replace it. And these volunteers said, you know what? We're not going to rebuild these homes, but we're going to bring presents to these kids all in there the name of Jesus. And it did take a life of its own, but it wasn't a bad life of its own. No. Because to Margaret's point, the minute that you take that stuffed animal and give it to that precious little girl, sure, that to her is as important as the home is to the parents. My heart's being stirred. Just I imagine, Margaret, as you looked in their eyes, what did that just do inside of you? It just... Oh, it, it broke my heart. And then, of course, I had my daughter with me and Elizabeth, and she was so young. When we got in the car to come home, and I said, okay, y'all got to give me your Christmas list. She told me, she said, Mama, this is my Christmas. I don't oh want my. anything. Oh and, my. I mean, from that day forward, uh, our Christmases have been very um, family-driven, and it's not very many presents. It's all family-driven. Mm. Um, it. It changed our life. It changed our family because both kids were involved heavily into this, uh, you know, Eight Days of Hope Mission 1. And um, and then now it's 15 years later, and I'm not even sure what number we're on now. <laughs> oh, boy. So, <laughs> so tell, us, tell the listeners some of the states you've been to with Eight Days of Hope because of natural disasters. Oh, well, uh, let's see. Um, wow. That's putting me on the spot. I don't keep that spreadsheet like Wayne does. Uh, <laughs> I know Louisiana a lot. Mississippi, you know, Louisiana, North Carolina. Uh, which one did we have a Texas? hurricane that we, Te- we were in? Texas. Well, oh, Houston so- for sure. South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, Iowa um, and uh, Texas. I think that's all I've been to. I've so, been to all of them, but that's all I can think sure. of. So, Margaret, I'm going to have an easier question for you than that. <laughs> <laughs> so a volunteer comes. Where, where will they see Margaret on one of these trips? Oh, well, I've loved the way I have come through the ministry because in the beginning I was in the job. Well, in the beginning I was out working, but then it was in the um, registration area. I was helping Peggy. Uh, in the beginning with that, and then I moved into the jobs area, learned a lot about construction and I did not know that has helped me with other aspects of my life, and then uh, moved into the registration, uh, back to the greeting area, you know, signing people yes. in. I love that job, mm-hmm. and, you, and and you do it well, girl. So That's this is right. this yeah. is the person, Mike, that you see when you drive from Buffalo right. to to Houston, help out with Hurricane Harvey, and you spend 
18 hours in a car, you're tired and worn out, and you walk in and you see Miss Bubbly here with a smile from <laughs> ear to ear asking you, how are you? Yeah. Come here, give me a hug. Good seeing and, you. And, and she does that for not only the volunteers, us that have been That's going right. year after yeah. year. I mean, uh, yeah, I always say, oh, I'm a board member, but I, she makes me feel like I'm, I'm a newbie. You know, yeah. hey, you're, it's almost like your first yeah. time, Mike. I haven't seen you in a while. Southern hospitality. You do that well, Margaret. Um, well, thank you. When you're in Houston, um, two eight-day trips back-to-back, 4,692 people showed up. Correct. When you were there during those two weeks, and, and I know it was a tiring week because, you know, we're, weren't you are, but Mike and I, we're not 30 anymore, so it catches up. But <laughs> what was going through your mind when you look at that trip, seeing 808 homes rebuilt in a two-week span, a two-eight-day period, and you look back at the original trip? What, what, what goes through your mind when, when you see where God has taken the ministry of Eight Days of Hope? We have come a long way. But I look now, now that I've been on some rapid response, and I'm thinking that 15 days that we were in um, Houston, that was a mini rapid response. We got a lot accomplished and with a lot of volunteers. And, um, and people were not, they weren't coming for like the, two, three days like we normally have, they were coming for four and five days. They extended Mm -hmm. their, so you had more of a time to connect with those people. And uh, the first trip, I loved it. It had a lot of memories, but I didn't know anybody. The the last trip that we've been on, you know a lot of faces, and then you get the name tags and you know their names. And, you know, it's like a big family reunion every time that we get together on the rebuild trips. I love it. So are you saying, Margaret, that there's people that come back and back again that from around the country that it's like a reunion, and you, you remember them, you remember the stories, and you kind of reconnect? Yes, we do. we do. We do reconnect. And there's always a story with each person, and you can reference back to that and start a conversation and, you know, um, uh, like when I was sitting at the desk in Houston, right when people would come in, the um, the meals and the places that we met were right around the corner from where I was. So as people were coming in from, I always made sure I was there when they were leaving for their job sites and coming in from their job sites. And you would just ask them, how was your job today? How was your day? And you got to hear those stories first. Mm-hmm. And that's sure. what I had to learn was to stop and listen, you know, be still and listen to their stories because they're wanting to tell you something. And um, and w- when we get into my stories, I've got one to share on that one. But um, I-, I love the I love being at the front desk and seeing the people, being able to com- you know talk to them, and um, that that's a fun job. Well, let's go ahead. Um, we're going to take a break, but I do want to hear. I know you've got a couple at least, probably many. Uh, some of the God-sized stories from the mission field, Margaret. So you're, you're working at a local regional hospital as an accountant, and now God has you on the front lines after a natural disaster. Share one of the stories with the listeners of how God just moved in an amazing way. Well, it was a story, uh, I believe it happened in Houston. I kept trying to figure that one out. But um, it was a local family, a, a, I say a Mississippi family, that had lost their daughter. And I don't know if you remember this, but we got out the banner because she had been on, like, the Smithville trip, and uh, she had signed the banner. 
that she was killed in a car accident, but the family came to Houston to serve because of her and everything that she had said about Eight Days of Hope. And they came with the um, the group, the youth group. Well, uh, Abby and I found the banner, and we found where she had written her her note on that banner. And uh, and, and the story is. Abby and I, we were looking, looking, looking at it, and we couldn't find it, and we were like, okay, she must not have written her name. And I said, Abby, let's pray. And we prayed, and we went back, and Abby found it right off where the lady had, where the girl had uh, signed her name, her scripture verse, and a little note that she had written on the banners that we put up. And we shared that with the family, with the youth group, and that was a time of healing for them. But if I had not been at the front desk and heard them, she was crying, the mother was crying, and I heard her crying, and they were about to go out on a job, and I was like, maybe they need prayer or something. And I went up to them, and she shared with me that she had been looking at all the banners that we had from all the other trips, but the trip that she was wanting to see was not up there. And heard her story, and Abby and I worked all day on finding that. So... um it, it's things like that. Yes, she was going out serving someone else, and I was serving her. Abby and I, we were serving her, and she was a volunteer. And to me, that's where it's all about. You know, we're going out and we're blessing the homeowners, but the volunteers are blessed a hundred times more. Oh, uh, when we we come back in and we share those stories, but yes, you know that. That's one of my special stories about the rebuild trips. You know, Mike, we, we've we've done about fifty three million dollars of work, mm-hmm. but the story that Margaret just shared had nothing to do about rebuilding a home. That's it. That's right. It was about healing for a family whose sure. daughter had served with us and then had lost her life. Mm-hmm. And there's countless stories like this. That's right. You know, outside the 6,800 families that we've helped from coast to coast. And I know, Mike, you're over here and, you know, I see you with, you know, wiping the tears away. Mm. I mean, this is, this is what we do and this is why we do it. Well, when you think of 51 disasters that we've been at, now, when a disaster hits and you could look at it like such a bad, horrible thing, but then when you see the beauty, like this story here, that's birthed out of it, there's a God who loves us and cares about us. We can't explain why disaster hits and why, you know, somebody gets hit by a car and this and that. But there is a God that looks over us, and um, I don't even want to say we serve. We do serve, but He's actually taking this and making brokenness. He's putting joy back into people's lives. He's mm-hmm. putting hope into people's life. Love the name Eight Days of Hope because this is where it 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 all comes together. Out of a disaster, um, there's help and healing because of servants like Margaret and others that just come together and let God be God, because God is God, and he's going to take care of us. Mm. Thank you, Margaret, for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, you know, we talk about the volunteers. You know, we had shared, uh, I think last week, Mike, that 
we were in Jennings, Louisiana, and, and some volunteers went down there. They loved Jesus. They, they, they were serving in excellence, and and they realized after hearing a, a message that they've never been baptized. And so yeah. we have volunteers Exciting. getting baptized by by our host church, and 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 then you you know you hear about stories about um, the you know, our God is not a God of coincidences, right? I mean, he, everything's planned. But when you hear about these chance meetings, Margaret, God had Margaret at the front line that day for a purpose that she never saw coming. Right. God had Pastor Josh, you know, at the front line of his city who had a disaster to baptize three strangers that came from around the country. You know, God, he's the... He's the connector of all these dots because sure. he's that common denominator. And and that healing and that, that I don't want to say joy, but that peace and that healing that came to that family to look down at that scripture verse sure. and to see their daughter's name, to know that she wrote it, right? that she was feeling it, that that verse meant something to her. Mm. Again, this had nothing to do with the 6,800 families' homes that we've rebuilt. Mm. Wow. I like it. Oh, I love it. I love I love how God moves. Hey, um, good morning in the Central Time Zone. Good afternoon on the East Coast. I'm Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mike Fiella. Uh, you're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Today, we're hanging out with Margaret Van Lanningham, one of our 160 leaders. Margaret, real quick question, last question before we go break. So 160 leaders, 11 different denominations, all Christian, but you have Baptist and Methodist and Episcopal and Catholic and, and Pentecostal. Um, what do you like about that? What, 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 what do you like about the body of Christ coming together, setting aside their differences? Uh, you get to see a glimpse of what heaven will be like. Uh, <laughs> this is what heaven will be like. We'll be worshiping together. It doesn't matter what denomination we are. If we're a child of God, we will be worshiping in heaven. And that's what I love about um, no one comes in preaching their message. Everybody comes in preaching the same message. I like it. When we're together. I like it. Hey, when we come back, Margaret is going to share another God-sized story from the mission field. And um, again, so thankful that this morning you have chosen to spend some time with us this afternoon. Um, You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is those who have been trafficked, sex trafficking. Eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of making a difference with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters across the country, and that's a good thing, but there's only 600 beds for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking. And I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, But God has called the church to take its blinders off. Come be the hands and feet of Jesus. Every single month, somewhere in the country, we're going to part with an existing ministry. And for 14 days, we're going to bring skilled professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel a facility so that more can be rescued from this heinous crime. We would love to see you on a future trip. 
For more information about the ministry, our Safe House Construction Ministry, please go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Mike, that Mandisa song, mm-hmm. It's a Good Morning. Margaret, you've heard that every <laughs> single morning of every rebuilding trip you've ever been on. Do you ever get sick of hearing that song, Margaret? No, because after we get back from a rebuild trip, I play it every morning just so I can stay in the mode. Oh, my gosh. Poor Wayne. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, it's like Groundhog Day over and over again. Uh, we're chatting with Margaret Van Lanham, one of our leaders. Margaret, uh, you've worked at a, uh, a regional hospital as an accountant, and you've described some of the tasks you've done with Eight Days of Hope. Share another God-sized story from the mission t- field with the listeners. Well, in October of last year, I retired. Um, I'm not fully retired yet because they still have me doing work. But I was <laughs> able to uh, take off and go to Cedar Rapids this year uh, for our one-week, two-week, three-week extended uh, time that we spent up there with that storm that we can't name. <laughs> All right, that windstorm. Uh, 35,000 trees were downed in Cedar oh, Rapids, wow. Iowa. Yes, and... That was really my first rapid response, going, staying overnight, you know, and that distance. So um, what I learned with rapid response is it's pretty fast-paced, but you are with a smaller group of people, and you're able to do a lot of work. Well, you've got to learn to pace yourself because first day I was with my husband and we worked nonstop. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to be with him anymore. Uh, I got (laughs) to go on my own. So I was able to go on to another crew. Well, I grew uh, spiritually and in my walk by being by myself with another crew and getting to know people. So we were with this um, one crew. And we went to a burnt-out house. Uh, the generator had caught the house on fire. Oh, my gosh. And so it was a very moving time. And I had been made team leader just because I was a blue shirt. Go, Margaret. But I was, yes. <laughs> I was made team leader. And so, you know, talking to the homeowners and finding out what we needed to do. And a lot of people came on my crew that day that had not been on my crew, Rob and Nicole. And it was the family needed each person that was on that crew to minister to them. Uh, because he, the Randy, the homeowner, it was Randy and Donna were the homeowners, and Randy had lost his motorcycle. And it had meant a lot to him because it was a 
uh, symbol of a time in his life that things were not going right, and he bought this motorcycle. And he and Donna had been riding the motorcycle as a renewal, you know, to their marriage. Well, Rob and Nicole have a motorcycle, and that's their ministry. They go everywhere they can on this motorcycle. And so they were able to minister to them from that area, and then others were able to talk to them about the burnout house, you know, and how to save it and what to do. And we had lots of trees down, so you had a tree crew working. It was amazing what we accomplished on that crew. And, yes, we're COVID, and we tried to stay apart, but it we we were outside a lot, and we just felt laying of hands were important on that job site. I probably shouldn't be telling that, but it was a very <laughs> moving, moving time for that because um, I felt the Lord speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And I had been at, you know, a little dark area in my life, you know, because mm-hmm. some plans didn't happen. And I just had not felt close. And I felt him speaking to me on that job site. So it was a renewal for me also. I was getting back, you know. Um, but And then the church, because we were at St. Mark's. And on that job site, we had some of the local members. And for whatever reason, they came on my crew that day. And they were then able to minister to Donna and Randy after we left. And I've heard Mm -hmm. stories from them that they've been able to minister to them after we left. And that's what I think Eight Days of Hope does. We go into a disaster area for eight days or for now with rapid response, eight, you know, three or four weeks. Right. And we leave, but we hope that the local church that we partner with have gotten their, you know, foot back in the door with these some of these homes, and they're able to minister later. Right. Uh, and we're just energizing them to do that. And that's why, Mike, it's so important for 8 Days Hope to work through the local church, because, yes. you know, we're all over the place. I mean, this year we were in Tennessee and Iowa and, and Louisiana and Mississippi and elsewhere, Texas, and, and I can go on and on. But when we leave, to Margaret's point, it's so important right. to tie that family so they can continue to be ministered, discipled, loved on. Sure. And that's where the churches do step up once they see 8 Days of Hope come into an area. And like what we're talking about on every show, it's well beyond the physical work that's being done. It's the spiritual stuff that's happening, the prayer and the connection, and to connect them with the local church. And how many people, I don't know if we have any numbers on this, that just never went to church. A a disaster hits, eight days of hope comes in, they see the love of Jesus through people, and they're now going to church. Yeah. You know, so I, I, that's, it's amazing. And that's so important. Hey, Margaret, we only had a couple of minutes, but there's there's something I want to ask, talk to you about. So, um, you know, you and your husband, you know, you decided to step out in faith and, and, and take an active leadership role of this ministry that was going to be a one-time, let's help somebody out to a national ministry with, with you know, millions of dollars of equipment and hundreds of leaders and, and just helping out so many people. It was really important to you and your husband that you got your kids involved right off the bat. And so I'm going to share two quick stories, but I'm going to share one at a time. You, you talk a little bit about, but every morning for years, we, we would we would try to, you know, we'd play that Mandisa song, It's a Good Morning, we'd try to get sure. everybody up and going, and especially on day number five, six, and seven, and eight, when people are a little bit worn out. Mm-hmm. Your daughter, Elizabeth, 
and my daughter, Hannah, and others, but for many years, the two of them, they they did everything from getting dressed up as pirates to to uh, to you know uh, to you know uh, making foghorns and throwing confetti on people and silly string, but how important was you as a mom to see Elizabeth um, use her gifts and and to be engaged for the body of of work that God was calling us to do? Well, Steve, I don't know if you remember, but Steve, uh, Elizabeth was very. Um, Introverted. She was not a outgoing person. <laughs> what happened? Uh, oh, come on. I know. That's not and the Elizabeth she, I saw. She was quiet. Yeah. That right there was her thing. Uh, she loved it. And her and Hannah would plan these so she got organizational skills because, you know, they didn't have, you didn't have a store to go to normally to sure. buy whatever they needed. So they had to plan it ahead of time, be organized. And I believe that taught them some life skills absolutely, and absolutely. how they could interact with people. And, you know, they really flourished, I think, out of that. And, and I'll tell you, the volunteers loved it because they didn't know what was going to happen the next day. <laughs> and usually they found a way on one of the every eight-day trip to get like 30 cans of, of silly stirring. Sure. And, and so I'm up there holding the microphone and, and, and being attacked by my precious daughter and her dear friend Elizabeth and hundreds of others it felt like but um, your son real quick um, your son was trying to get a, his his Eagle Boy Scout uh, badge his honor and, and he, he he achieved that but tell the listeners what your son David did he did the in the very first trip uh, he asked people to uh, pack rubbermaid containers of household items and he he asked for that, and you know, he didn't try and put a price on it. But uh, he then asked to put a Bible and a personal note. And so we people sent money. So we went to Walmart and we packed the. Uh, we went back to the school with the Tiber family, and we packed the uh, boxes for that trip. But he. He still talks about that to this day, that that was a very big thing for him because um, he got the idea from, of course, the Christmas shoe boxes that we're currently doing sure. right now. Sure, yeah, yeah. And and how that helped, and he, he delivered some of the boxes himself, and how it touched the families that he delivered these boxes to when they opened them up, and they saw the Bible on top, and they saw the note or the card, and then they saw the items that were in it. He was really, um, he thought he was just doing a service, you know, because you start out doing a service. And then when you see the impact that that service has on somebody, you you have a different yeah. takeaway from sure. it. Kind, kind of like... Very Kind of like what you shared about that stuffed animal to that little girl that you didn't really love doing the toys, but you knew why God had you doing the toys. Hmm. Um, right. And, and Mike, you know, the thought was maybe 20, 30 containers. Didn't he do like 50 or more containers? He, he did. I think it, the goal was uh, 10, or 10 to 15, and I think it was like 50. And Mike, in these containers, he had like can openers, okay. uh, the electric can openers, and he had like aprons and cooking utensils. And um, because when the water came in to Bay St. Louis, yeah. it was the water surge. Everything was ruined. Everything was taken out of your house or was ruined mm-hmm. and had to be replaced. And like I said, the closest store I think open at the time was Hattiesburg, which is a good hour, hour and 
30 minutes away. And here's this young man, a teenage boy. Sure. Who wants to, you know, earn his badge and he wants to do something good, but his life has changed forever, Mike. Because he stepped out and did that. Margaret, let me let me ask you to put a you can put a brief or challenge out that if somebody is being tugged in their heart to go on a missions trip, do it. But if you have a family, bring your family because this is where the children grow. I mean, I, when, I, I heard you say your, what your daughter said about Christmas when she first heard uh, saw those toys being given on. So somebody's thinking about it. What would you say to them? Why, why, why go on one of these trips? You grow as a family. You grow closer as a family, and you realize the importance of serving. Uh, I think that's why a family that is a close family, they serve together. You know, we've seen the families that have served together. They've brought their little ones, and the only one not working is the one that's in the mother's arms. And it's amazing to see some of those families. Mike, you and I went on a, you, I think it was me, you, and Julene went one day to pray on the homeowners and mm-hmm. being able to get out of the office. Yes. And that's what we saw. They were on a blanket. Yes. And they were eating lunch, but they when they got up from their lunch, they started pushing wheelbarrows, picking up stuff. Oh, yeah. and the smallest one. I was like, wow. I, I, I remember that. that. The, and, the, and one of the younger ones was in the backyard with the uh, lawnmower just whipping back and forth and cleaning things up. It was incredible. Yeah. It's a very family-friendly. And then they found the dog. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And then the dog, right? Yeah. yeah. Very, very family-friendly, Eight Days Hope is. So if you're interested in taking your family, COVID's going to pass at some point, right? And we'll be able to do things like we used to do them. You know, 2020 was our busiest year ever, Mike. Yes. Differently than in years past, but 2021 as well is going to be very busy. Disasters are going to continue to come. They just are. We just came off the busiest hurricane season uh, that our country has seen, the state of Louisiana has ever seen. And so go to our website, 8daysofhope.com, submit your email address, and we'll let you know the next time that we are going anywhere. And when you feel comfortable and you feel like it's it's safe for you and your family to join us, we'd sure. love to have you there. Sure. And you get to meet Margaret as well. Oh, yes. And just, just go to the website, get your name in the system so you can yes. be reminded of what's going on. Margaret, we have to wrap up. But thank you so much for taking time. Um, now, I know Wayne is the treasurer. But but and, and and I've told you before, Mike, because mm-hmm. you know you sit on the board. Sure. You know Wayne's the guy that catches that dollar sixty two mistake <laughs> from four months ago. He's good. I'm telling you, there's sometimes when he texts me or calls me, I'm sweating it out a little bit, like, you know, because now I have an assistant that does my, does my expenses, <laughs> so I can say, well, I didn't make the mistake, she did. But uh, he is on it. But but let let there be no secret here. Mm. Margaret has been a pillar. Yes. For the Ministry of ADs Hope, with her yes. accounting background, mm-hmm. um, you know we always you know we're ECFA certified. Um, you know we get a third party audit every year. But Margaret, thank you so much. Thank you so much for yes. who you are in Christ, for your friendship, for your commitment to ADs of Hope. Um, you're an amazing leader, and um, you're part of an amazing family. We we so appreciate you. I appreciate that. I appreciate what you do also, you and Mike. I, I've really enjoyed meeting Mike and his wife uh, at the wedding, and or meeting your wife, Mike. Yes. And um, I've, I love the Tiber family. They're awesome. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're sweet. Mike, pray for Margaret as we, uh, we, we, we kind of come to an end yeah. here. Please. 
Father, I thank you uh, for this this morning. I thank you for connecting with Margaret once again. But yes, Lord, it's well beyond this mo- this morning. Margaret's and and Wayne have poured into my life, my wife's life, all of our lives, uh, people across this nation and other countries because of the, her service at Eight Days of Hope. I thank you. Strengthen her physically, yes, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Let love flow in their household. Amen. Bless their bless their their children, Lord, and especially at this time uh, of year. Let let them. Just, as Margaret even said, uh, stop, listen, and be still. Uh, they hear your voice and be drawn closer to you as a family. Uh, we thank you for her servanthood and just bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Enjoy those Thank grandkids you. this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Margaret Van Lanham, one of the leaders with 8 Days of Hope. Mike, we only have a couple minutes, but, you know, so many people when they hear of 8 Days of Hope, they think you have to be a contractor. Here's an accountant for right. a regional hospital. And what she has brought to the table to help the ministry of 8 Days of Hope expand nationally mm-hmm. is unmeasurable. Sure. And, and and the enemy sometimes try to say, well, you know what, you know, you, you know, you're an administrator or you're a maintenance person or uh, who are you? You're a single mom. What what can you do? It is amazing how God unveils Himself to you and through you and the gifts He's given you when you go on a mission trip. Well, everything, every person that you just titled right there, there's a place for you. There's a place that you can fit in. Margaret gave the example of that family. I mean, here was a whole family. Eating lunch yes. and smiling, and uh, there was a young baby just rolling around in a blanket, and then they they got up, and each one, that was a great example. Each one had something to do. Somebody could cut grass. The dads were more skilled. They were in there um, uh, putting up studs and drywall and stuff like that that I don't even know. No, I but but uh, they had some kind of tools. You're doing something with sure, Steve, sure, but sure. no. But the, it, yes, whether you're you're single, um, whether you're a teenager, uh, all ages, all denominations, all. You know, I, I can go on and on. Go to 8daysofhope.com and submit your email address if you've never been with us before. Go to our YouTube channel. We've got some great videos. Go to 8 Days of Hope on YouTube and click on the Upload section. Those are some of our prof- professional videos uh, that will tell you a little bit more and show a little bit more. And you'll see some of the families that have served with us over the years. It's a vacation that you will never, ever, ever forget. Vacation? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm okay. That's the sell side of me. It is a vacation, it right? It is, though. It is. It's just a different type of vacation. Yeah. I'm all about Orlando. I'm all about the beach. I'm all about you know doing these fun things. But I'm telling you that the things that my kids still talk Come about Come on. to That's this it. day is in Bay St. Louis. It's in Houston. It's sure. in Nashville, Tennessee after the floods. It's in uh, South Carolina when we were there as a family serving in Hurricane Matthew strikes. That's it. They'll never forget those moments. Absolutely. Those never. are life-changing experiences. They are. They are. Hey, would you consider praying for the ministry of Eight Days of Hope? 2020 has been in a unique year. Uh, We've got our first ever annual report coming out. If you've never volunteered with us or have made a donation, that's cool. No problem. Uh, We'd love to send you our annual report. Just email us at info at 8daysofhope.com. Tell us that you want to get one, and we will send one your way in a couple weeks. And also, we are just a little bit away from our first ever town hall meeting on December 8th. It's a 30-minute call. You call in, and you are going to get some late-breaking information about the growth of the ministry of 8 Days of Hope. It's interactive. You can ask a question. Uh, It's going to be fun. We're going to share some unique things with you that night. That's December 8th. And that's at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Central Time. The phone number 
to call in at those times is 888-231-5462. 888-231-5462. Mike, thank you for again hanging out. Oh, thanks for having me. I really enjoy these uh, these Saturdays together and just to They're see fun. what God is doing. Father, we just thank you for an opportunity to hang out with Margaret, be with families around the country as they celebrate Thanksgiving. Father, we are thankful for you. We're thankful for your son who died for our sins. Thank you for those who've prayed for Eight Days of Hope, who volunteer with Eight Days of Hope, and those who have given generously to Eight Days of Hope. Father, we love Mm. you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, next week we'll be back with you, and we'll be hanging out with um, a dear friend of ours, Bruce Swires, will be joining us next Saturday. So um, tune in next Saturday, and thank you so much for listening to Hope Reigns. My name is Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mike Fiella. You've been listening to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from Eight Days of Hope. Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.